Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to marketing strategies to regulatory pressures. As we enter the next decade, consumers will continue to wield the power that they took from food and beverage brands during the last 10 years to drive increased transparency, sustainability, and social responsibility, according to one leading market analyst and communications expert. Linda Etherton, who's the managing director of the Global Food and Beverage at the communication consultancy, Ketchum, explained in last week's podcast how the last 10 years were really tumultuous period for the food and beverage industry as the rise of social media allowed consumers to look beyond the curtain at common business practices that many shoppers felt placed profit over the planet and people. This loss of trust triggered a power shift from brands to niche groups of consumers that Ketchum dubbed food evangelists. These folks led the boycotts and publicly shamed companies that failed to meet their standards for protecting workers, the environment, and food safety. And while many companies have made strides in recent years addressing these concerns, Etherton explains in this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast that consumers will continue to push many businesses out of their comfort zone in the coming 10 years. Based on data collected from Ketchum for its Food 2020 Consumer as CEO research project, Etherton says the food industry can expect in the next 10 years to see increased consumer pressure to do good, be transparent, and not just protect the environment, but also repair it. When confronted by consumer complaints that some businesses were taking advantages of workers, straining the environment, or otherwise compromising common moral standards to boost profits, some companies responded by donating money to pertinent but politically safe causes or more vocally sharing their volunteer efforts through beautifully packaged and well-branded corporate social responsibility reports. And while this approach appeared to appease consumers initially, Etherton argues that consumers in the next 10 years increasingly will expect companies to commit in advance to quantifiable philanthropic goals and partner with third-party organizations that will measure their progress and hold them accountable if they fall short. You would think that doing good would be good enough. There were many, many decades of very serious, thoughtful, well-thought-out organizational approaches to um, social responsibility years and years ago. We made enormous strides in utilizing public uh, interests. Many corporations made significant contributions to a variety of important initiatives to show that they were citizens of the world, that they were good citizens, and they were doing their best to take a part of their profits and utilize those profits to do something good for the community, something important. Unfortunately, in this period of turmoil and change, what we saw was that it wasn't enough. Being good and doing good simply wasn't good enough. What we found in our research was that consumers really wanted 
big food to make a big impact and make big change happen. And that wasn't necessarily requiring those organizations to write a check. In fact, what they were asking for, according to the research we saw, was use your scale, your access, your clout, your influence to make a difference, to reach out to organizations and groups and affect change, to address changes that need to be met, and utilize your resources to create real quantifiable goals that can be achieved and show us how you're helping to achieve those goals. Now, if what I'm describing sounds a little bit like an NGO, that's precisely how consumers saw food industry. They saw the industry as being a citizen of a wider NGO community and needing to use its resources to be partners in affecting change, but also measuring and proving that change has actually happened. This is, it's a big, a big change for many, if not most of the major food companies that we have worked with over the years. But it isn't necessarily impossible. We're seeing that so many corporations now are getting extraordinarily uh, heavily engaged with not only the NGO community, but they are putting commitments on the line and saying, we will achieve X goals by X years. And, you know, that's a, that's a big risk, uh, putting those goals out there. But transparency calls for us to be able to admit when we've not met a goal and be okay with either revising our goals or explaining why we didn't meet goals. We know that this is a challenging, challenging environment where when you're trying to sell food, to be explaining away why you did or didn't meet a social goal, it proves itself to be complicating and it can create some conversation in the public media that is challenging. But as a stakeholder in the larger community of food and fiber and uh, our survival, uh, these consumers see that as acting responsibly and being human and making a difference, even if it requires some challenges along the way and admitting that. This mentality has prompted many companies to adopt a triple bottom line approach to business and some to even become B Corp certified, a high standard that Etherton says will gain more traction in the coming years. I think B Corp has definitely been a very important development because it demonstrates through commitments and through actions a quantifiable way to report out your standards of production, your standards of sourcing, to make sure that you're being as transparent and above the line as you can uh, with your uh, supply chain, but it also sets you 
a, a, a much higher bar as an industry organization than you have to achieve. It sets the bar where consumers expect you to be versus what is required of you. And I think when you exceed expectations and work to measure, quantify, and live to those standards, consumers respect that, and your stakeholders and shareholders also respect that. This is becoming more and more the norm. Transparency is another area of consumer concern that Etherton believes companies will fine-tune in the coming 10 years, with both sides realizing that simply providing more data isn't as helpful as also providing context for information that otherwise might threaten to overwhelm everyone involved. One thing that we did see in the research very, very clearly was that this word transparency came through loud and clear, and yet it didn't have a lot of meaning or definition. When we dug deeper, what we found was that consumers were not asking for more information, not piles and piles of more data, not every single interior view of the production of the company. Uh, company's products, but what they were looking for were answers to important questions. They were looking for access. They were looking for invitations, openings, ability to achieve and acquire the information when and where they needed it. They were looking for signals and signs that your door was open. I know there were many years where there was a lot of controversy over things like QR codes and would those things work and would that be useful as a way to provide more information. The irony with QR codes is while they have the capability of providing a huge amount of detail and insight and information, data, if they're used, and some people choose to use them and some don't, the most valuable part of something like a QR code is actually as a signal on a package that says, our door is open. Come on in. If you have a question, you'll get your answer. That is really the true value of a transparent signal like a QR code. Now, consumers are expecting to understand and know more about where and how food is produced, where it comes from. And as I said, they're not asking for all information, they're asking for understanding. I think what we're going to be seeing is a bit of a challenge going forward with blockchain, where we begin to sync up ledgers and information becomes more readily available. Our challenge as food industry leaders will be to understand and identify the best way to help consumers either navigate some of those opportunities, gather more information, or create more accessible ways to utilize that information and and wade through it. There will almost be too much information. So as food industry executives, what we'll need to be able to do is really get close to what consumers are needing, wanting, when, and where they're wanting it, 
and utilize the resources of whether it's blockchain or other technologies to bring that information to them when and where they need it, as they need it. Um, it is going to become more of a challenge going forward as we have more technology to support bringing information forward. And it's a bigger responsibility for us to begin or organizing that information for consumers in a consumer-friendly way. I think what blockchain is going to allow us to do is to gather information firsthand, to be able to double-check it, to be able to have clarity uh, all the way back through the supply chain at our fingertips real-time, and it will give organizations greater control, greater confidence, and greater capabilities to ensure the organization's standards are being met by all players and all customers within the supply chain. And um, frankly, it's a very large job and it's a very complex job. And we certainly can see and have seen what happens when your eye is not on that ball. So I do think that blockchain and other technologies are going to help us speed and progress towards greater control, greater sense of confidence in our food supply system, company to company, industry to industry, and certainly within our um, own government. As philanthropy and transparency, consumers will continue to lift the bar for sustainability in the coming 10 years, pushing companies to go beyond protecting the environment by reducing waste or reusing limited resources. Etherton predicts that consumers will also demand corporations repair the damage already done to the environment. In particular, she predicts that soil health will become a leading issue in the next decade and that consumers increasingly will reward brands that support organic and regenerative farming. We have so much to learn and so much to do to ensure that our agricultural system is safe, it's well-funded, it's secure, and can produce the food we need to feed people all around the world. It is a never-ending struggle and challenge to constantly work against weather, against economies, against global divides, against politics, to bring food to people all around the world. I'm personally convinced that a diverse agricultural supply system is absolutely required, uh, where you need both smallholder farmers and massive farms of uh, large size and scale, where you're working to bring both organic and uh, conventional crops to the market, and you're doing it in different ways in every single country in every single region of the world because there are no two alike, no two weather systems alike, and certainly no two countries alike from a cultural or even a political standpoint. Knowing this, we're seeing that the soil itself is becoming the centralized focus for where we need to improve our food supply and our food system. With soil being depleted in many parts of the world and very rich in other parts of the world, 
we really do need to double down on research to identify ways to enrich the soil we have and to bring to life barren soil, uh, but to protect the soil we have is equally important. I will say that I don't believe the consumer has yet embraced or understood this particular topic. This is fairly nuanced right now. But I think it's a story that we as a food industry should begin telling. You know, we have disconnected our consumers from where and how food is grown, raised, and produced. And what one thing connects us all to food, the earth, the soil we each stand on every single day. To me, this is the most literal interpretation of common ground that I can come up with in somewhat ironically that if we can all simply look to our feet and recognize the precious value of the soil we stand on and how different it is in every region of the world and how precious it is, we can begin looking at soil more like the very valuable gems of this earth and each of us take part in helping to preserve it, to fund research, to fund regenerative work, and to think twice about the kinds of foods we buy. Are they supporting our Earth's resources? I think the soil is going to become a very big topic going into the future, and one that I think every consumer is going to be able to relate to if we tell that story well. The new year and the new decade likely will bring a litany of other changes, challenges, and opportunities for the food and beverage industry, and predicting them all is impossible, acknowledges Etherton. But one thing she says that she knows for sure is nothing going forward will be as it was. And with that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again next week for another installment. And to ensure that you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive and profitable week.